I'm Scott Prather. You have a Super Bowl hangover? Maybe a literal one? Just had a little too much to drink? Maybe it's maybe it's like a, a an eating hangover. You just stuffed your face too much last night. Maybe it's simply a football hangover because the season is over and there's some mild depression that sinks in. Or maybe it's a hangover because you have just consumed too much Tom Brady and you're just sick of it. Welcome into the Great Scott Show, everybody. I'm Scott Prather. Good morning. And last night, Super Bowl 55 came and went. And good game? Not really. There are a number of stories coming out of this game. All right? Whether it be Brady, Mahomes, some officiating, uh, the weekend, a streaker, Tony Romo may be needing to use the restroom during the game in a in a toilet as opposed to perhaps on himself. Yeah, we're going to get into all of it, guys. Let's start with old number 12. Tom Brady is 43 years old. And while we can look for reasons to knock him, and I will, and while we can point to Spygate or Deflategate, you cannot take away everything that he has done. Okay? I mean, 21 seasons in the league. He has played in 20. Uh, he has played in, in, in 10 of the last 20 Super Bowls. He has won seven. He has won more Super Bowls than any other franchise. He has won more Super Bowls than 18 franchises in the NFL combined. And all the talk last night of uh, Devin White should be MVP. Devin White was incredible, and Tampa's defense it, it led the way to get them there. But Brady Brady was, whether you, whether you like it or not, Brady was terrific last night. He was terrific. It was vintage Brady in the first half. A guy that, you know, and in the second half, he didn't have to do as much. They had a big lead. They were nursing it. The defense could pin their ears back and get after it and do some more things. But it was vintage Brady in the first half. Hitting receivers, hooking up with Gronk, getting the benefit of some calls. Textbook, all of it. I mean, where was that Brady all season? Oh, he's been there all season. No, you watch the Bucs. He hadn't, been, hadn't performed like that, and like he did in the first half. Gronk, too. What, do you have three catches the entire postseason in three games, and he has the first two touchdowns yesterday? So whether it wants to make you puke, whether you enjoy it, whether you like it, whether your significant other looks at you and says, it looks like he's got some work done on his face. Whatever it might be with Brady. Seven Super Bowls, man. Seven. And then on the other side of it, because there's this absurdity to judge all quarterbacks by, by Super Bowls way more than anything else. I mean, the amount of weight given to Super Bowl wins 
there should undoubtedly weight needs to be given to it without question. And the fact that it's so hard to just win one, ask greats like Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Russell Wilson. The fact that Brady has seven, one hundred percent. But like, let's 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 not write a narrative ahead of time about Patrick Mahomes because he lost the game last night because his team couldn't. I mean, that, that Tampa Bay front was just. Whew. My goodness. Mahomes is 25 years old. Well, now Brady, you know, he's got this win over another Super Bowl, and now Mahomes will have to do this and that. He's 25, guys. Come on. Let's 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 calm down here. ESPN 1420.com. And um I don't know if you guys caught it. Let's 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 tackle Mahomes now. The guy had the guy had no time whatsoever, no time whatsoever. Well, he scrambled out of the pocket too much. Well, if he had stayed in the pocket, he was going to get his head knocked off. Somehow, somehow he didn't get sacked last night, but it felt like he was sacked like seven times. Mahomes had throws last night that. If the players catch them, the game might be different, but more than anything, everybody is just drooling over the talent that he he had that matrix throw late in the game where he's about to fall on his side and he throws it into the end zone on a fourth and long and it hits Darrell Williams in the face. He had another throw where he's scrambling to the sideline earlier in the game, heaves it to the end zone, it hits Tyreek Hill in the face. The biggest sequence of the game to me, aside from the end of the first half, which we'll get to, the biggest sequence of the game was Kansas City stops Tampa Bay on fourth and goal from the one because Tampa decided to give it to Ronald Jones instead of Playoff Lenny for some reason. And Kansas City gets out of the back of their end zone with a, a first down play designed to Tyree Kill. And now I guess Kansas City's got some momentum behind them. Maybe they could you know, like just stop Tampa Bay on, on from the half yard away. This offense gets rolling. Maybe they can retake a lead here. And it's a third down play, and Mahomes throws it on the money, and none other than Travis Kelsey drops it. You had rare drops. You didn't have Eric Fisher. You're starting tackle. That was felt. Tampa Bay's, I mean, Todd Bowles, it was he did great. He did great. Tampa Bay's defense did great. But they said, all right, we're going to have two deep safety, two deep safety look most of the game, and we're just going to let our guys get after the quarterback. And they did. And Dominican Sue, Vita Vea, JPP. I mean, Mahomes, you can look at the stats and say, yeah, not a good game, but he had some throws last night. He was under duress. Mahomes was not the reason Kansas City struggled. So, naturally, the two biggest stories going into the game, Brady and Mahomes, some stories after the game. 
And I don't know that anyone in the Mahomes household is taking things well. Anyone know who Randy Martin is? That's Randy with an I. Randy Martin is the mother of Patrick Mahomes. And, um, boy, sometimes social media is awful. Sometimes it's great, isn't it? Mahomes, the, the, the matriarch of the Mahomes family, who's 44, by the way. After a number of questionable calls in the second quarter, including the unsportsmanlike on Tyron Matthew and not Tom Brady, went at Giselle Bunchen on Twitter. Giselle Bunchen, the supermodel wife of Tom Brady, tweeted, if you have the ref on your team, is that really winning? LOL, bunch of emojis tweeted at her. And, uh, you know, the beef was more with, I guess, perhaps her perspective of the officiating than with Bunchen. But, man, how about the refs? How about the refs? Do we... You can be... Everything is so everything is so dang extreme here. First of all, there are some that are critical of the officiating. It was a bad night, and they can feel that way and still not think it's rigged. There are plenty that think it's rigged. I don't. There are others that say, oh, well, you complain about the refs, and so you, if it doesn't go your way for a team you're rooting for, then you just say, oh, it's rigged. I mean, why, why does it have to be one thing? Refs had a bad game last night. Terry McCauley, veteran NFL referee who you see on NBC during the season who breaks down all the calls. I mean, the guy was extremely critical. Oh, he's just trying to get followed. See, now, now, you're, now, you're, just, now you're just not wanting to give it any credence. The guy calls it all the time. He will defend refs when he feels like it's unjust. He will point out where they struggled, and he was pointing out an obviously rough night. Kansas City was penalized for 90 yards in the second quarter, the most in a quarter in the history of the Super Bowl. And the two P.I. calls, especially the one late in the end zone that put the ball at the one in the first half, was clearly uncatchable. And in the second half, they call the game different. And this isn't just my perspective. This is the perspective of Terry McCauley. Whether it be a bad angle on an offside of a field goal, says he's not really sure. Whether it be the P.I. calls. Yeah. But the Tyron Matthew unsportsmanlike penalty at the end of the first half, instead of Brady, when Brady was the one that ran out, ran after him and was talking trash. Yeah. You can be critical of a bad night of NFL officiating. I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen it on big stages. We've seen it in the regular season. Come on. Why are you surprised? Why are you surprised? 
Tyron Matthew, by the way, sent out some tweets that he then deleted saying, Brady called me something I won't repeat. Then he deleted it. I mean, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go where some others are going. I mean, you know, Brady's mic'd up and all that other stuff. But I'm sure. I mean, come on, we've, you've heard Brady on the mic call Chauncey Gardner Johnson. You know, bleep you, you little bleep. I mean, the guy guy curses all the time on the field. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. And I'll admit it, got no problem doing that. I'll admit it, I was wrong about Tampa Bay. Before the season, I thought Tampa Bay would be in the postseason, and I thought you would see a, a Tom Brady that was not the Brady that you know you saw at his peak in, 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 in New England. I was right about those two things, because that Tampa did make the playoffs, and Brady was not. He looked like in the first half last night, but overall, if you look at the entire body of work this season. But I did not think that they were going to be a a legit contender this year, and they went out and won the whole dang thing on their own home field in a Super Bowl in a crazy pandemic year with COVID that was just weird. Like, are we we now going, like, I was wrong. Are we now going to see a change in how certain teams operate? The NFL's a trendy league, right? Let me try to do what this team is doing. And no, you can't just recreate uh, a 43-year-old guy that can still play at a level in his 40s that we've never seen before and not turn the ball over and play well when he has the house to himself in a dozen days to prepare nonstop and go out and play really well in the first step. You can't recreate certain things that Tampa did, but the idea of the outline, you will absolutely see teams fail, but try to recreate what Tampa did in that let's go ahead we can't sign a quarterback in free agency that makes sense, but let's go ahead and just get one by hell or high water, whether we need to trade a bunch of picks or not. Carolina tried to trade Matt's, uh, tried to trade first round picks for Matt Stafford. Dan Campbell was like, nah, look what the Rams are offering me. Now you got reports of the Bears, Ryan Pace, who is just a horrendous GM. Yeah, Scott, but he went there from the Saints. Yeah, I know. Pace. Nobody, nobody overpays or overbids for players or outbids in, in, in with himself than the Bears. They're going to go out, probably give up too much to get Carson wins. He's going to fail. But the idea of, hey, we got a good defense, we've got some good players, all we need is a quarterback, so whatever we need to do, especially in an offseason like the one coming up, where you're going to have 20 teams looking for a new quarterback? Yeah. It's going to be an attempt to recreate what Tampa did this year, and and and, and it's not going to work. Some teams are going to fail at it. And I don't know if it's going to work again for Tampa next year, but they're Brady says he's coming back. They've got um, a fierce deep majority of which are under contract. 
because they made such a deep run and won the Super Bowl, it's not like their staff is going to get picked apart and hired away by other teams. They're going to be good again next year. Ugh. ESPN1420.com. Next year. Next year. So what are the odds for next year? And the odds will fluctuate, obviously, between now and then, and they already have. The Kansas City Chiefs are the early favorite at plus 600. I mean, 6-1 to one seems like a good bet. Makes sense. Mahomes will be getting them, you know, in the Super Bowl conversation every year. The Packers are plus 900. The Ravens. Uh, what were they last year? Plus 1,200? I don't even know. Tampa Bay, by the way, is plus 1,000. The Ravens are plus 1,200 this year, as are the Bills, as are the Rams for next year. The Steelers at plus 3,000 seems a little low. But you can start looking at the odds now. I mean, Cowboys at plus 3,000. Colts or Chargers at plus 2,800. Last I checked, the Saints, I think we're at plus 1,400. Speaking of the Saints, if Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback next year for the Saints, and if I had to bet, I would get the best odds on that. In fact, you can bet on it, and he does have the best odds. You can all but guarantee that the Thursday night NFL opener next year will be Tampa Bay hosting the Saints on Thursday night. Divisional game. They played three times this year. Saints won two. Bucks won the one that counted. Credit to them. Jameis, former Bucks quarterback, now getting a chance to start and replace a guy that still at that moment in time would hold the NFL passing yards record and other records. Then Brady, if he keeps playing like he says he will, we'll like we'll, you know, we'll pass. Storylines galore. Storylines galore. It'll be a while before a schedule's announced or anything like that, but I'd go ahead and say, you know what? Thursday, September 9th, yeah. Yeah, I'd bet on the Saints. Bucks in that game. 20 minutes after the hour of 7 o'clock. Phone lines are open for you, 269-1077, 269 The other aspects of the Super Bowl. The halftime show, I dug it. And there was one thing the weekend did that a lot of Super Bowl halftime performers don't do. Tell you about that. The best commercial, a streaker, Tony Romo's bladder issue. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues right after this on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app.
Welcome back into the great Scott show, the great sports callers open think tank. I'm Scott Prather. Vehicle accident being reported on uh, Gilbo and Ambassador Caffrey Parkway. Busy spot over there near the corner of uh, Congress and Gilbo as well. Vehicle accident being reported as of 10 minutes ago. Police are there assisting. Be careful on the roads, everybody. Your weather forecast from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips. Going to warm up a little bit today. Cloudy, high of 68 tonight. Cloudy, 20% chance of showers late with a low of 57. 269-1077, phone lines are open. We hit on a lot of different aspects of the game. We've got some audio from both Mahomes and Brady in postgame, which we'll get to a little later. But how about the halftime show? I I I thought the weekend did good, and you know you know what you know what he did in his performance. He didn't lip sync. That's that's not you know it, eh. most halftime performances, especially ones where you know the performers moving around quite a bit, they're lip syncing. I mean, you could hear each breath into the mic. He crushed it. He crushed it. And. I, I, predictably, you know, you go on social media and your timeline is filled with, oh, this is awesome or this is garbage. What happened to the good old Super Bowl shows? I, I sometimes I can't believe some of those apps are free. Oh man, half my timeline is just old people complaining that the weekend had a cool show at halftime. It was. It was good. And I, and the, you know, I, I don't, I think, I guess, I think I own Blinding Light. I think I knew like one of his songs. I, I knew a few of the others Star Boy, Can't Feel My Face, which I think won uh, a kids' award at like a Nickelodeon show a few years ago. I don't know if Nickelodeon didn't know that the song was a reference to cocaine. So there is some humor involved there. But I thought he did well. I liked it. I liked it. I thought, hands down, the best commercial of the night to me was the spot of, it, it was it was a Toyota ad, didn't use any cars in the commercial, didn't use any cars, but it was, um, it was pretty great. Did you miss this one? Do you remember this one? This is what it sounded like last night. You don't have the visual, but this is what it sounded like. Mrs. Long? Yes? We've found a baby girl for your adoption, but there are some things you need to know. She's in Siberia, and she was born with a rare condition. Her legs will need to be amputated. I know this is difficult to hear. Her life, it won't be easy. 
easy, but it'll be amazing. I can't wait to meet her. We believe there is hope and strength in all of us. Toyota, proud partner of Team USA. Now, I, I don't know if you're in your car and you just started tearing up again. Maybe you teared up when you saw it. I, I, I don't cry over much, you know. When a loved one passes away or one of my dogs died, you got to put them down. I don't cry too much. Boy, I was, I was, just in seconds, I was on the verge of tears. I mean, I, I thought it was great. You know, it, it showed not just, hey, look how great it is to win a gold medal, right? It was... It, it, it didn't, as as she put it, I love that the spot highlights not just the gold medals and accomplishments, but the challenging journey to get there. And the visual of it did that. My father was adopted. My father has polio. You know, adoption's a beautiful thing. And to show, uh, you know, the, the story in a one-minute ad of a gold medalist overcoming obstacles and have the backstory of the call her parents get as she's in Siberia has to have her legs amputated and they still can't wait to take her in for her to be their kid and to overcome obstacles. And now she's a gold medalist. That one, that one was pulling at my heartstrings y'all. You know, I thought the Bud Light Legends commercial was funny. It was good to see references to a lot of old beer commercials from Super Bowls over the years. Um, there were some commercials I missed because I was just doing dad stuff, but that was the one for me that, whew, like, oh, my gosh. Look at my wife. I'm like, are you about to cry? She's like, maybe. Are you? I'm like, maybe. Maybe. 32 after the hour, 7 o'clock. You had a streaker late. Yeah, you can read more about the details of all of that over at ESPN1420.com. That was, <laughs> you know, the 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 audio and video of that. It was delayed for what, nearly five minutes, the Super Bowl, when the streaker ran out onto the field? And he was planted there by the operations according to the New York Post, anyway, of an X-rated website, wearing a one-piece neon pink mankini and black shorts that ran down as he ran. And he came up just a yard short. Tampa one-yard line and slid down. I, you, I mean, if you're going to go all out, streaker, you got to get into the end zone, dude. CBS switched camera shots. They didn't get the streaker on the telecast, but... Of course, you did have some folks in the stadium. You did have some folks in the stadium, and, of course, they got it on their cell phones. Oh, you know, it's not like Romo or Nance mentioned it much, but what about on the radio call? Westwood One Radio Network, Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner. Well, you know Kevin Harlan's not going to shy away from it. Second down, 20, 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a bra. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. 
pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be up. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? And, Kevin, if you're going to run that far, get into the end zone. Don't slide at the one. Or, once you got on the field, get into the end zone, my man. Lord, now they're cuffing him. But pull up his drawers, whatever you do. 5.03 to go, timeout on the field. <laughs> Kevin... Kevin Harlan is like one of my heroes. That's don't shy away from it. Just go with the call. And he's down on the field and his pants are coming down in a bra. He calls the streaker with as much zeal with a zinger-esque call that he would have called if Tyreek Hill was running into the end zone. Or Mike Evans. That's great. See that that. Yes, I know it's different radio and TV, and you're not going to show it on TV, and you cut away, and you're just trying to fill the time. But on TV, the most they do is just like a mild reference to it. So I get, first of all, Jim Nance would, Nance is allergic to exciting calls. He's always been a bit too monotone for me. But like, he he is not going to call a regular big play with very much zeal. So he sure as hell isn't going to be calling a, a, a streak of running down on the field. Now, as the television play-by-play guy, he can't. I understand why he can't. But if he did, it wouldn't have sounded like what Kevin Harlan did. If you want to see the streaker running onto the field with a video taken from the stand, synced up with Kevin Harlan's audio, yeah, we got that for you. Check it out, ESPN 1420 app. As my man Ian Ozan... Uh, with his, he's not a dad, but he's got dad jokes. No word if the suspect will serve hard time. Well done, Ian. Well done. Hard. Speaking of hard, get your minds out of there, guys. Stop it. It's early on a Monday morning. Let me rephrase because all y'all are just minds in the gutter. Speaking of difficult, well, it's difficult to play quarterback when you're under pressure. So here's the difference, right? How, how do you how do you slow down Tom Brady? You consistently get pressure on him. Nobody remembers at this point. I don't blame him when the Saints beat the ever living you know what out of Tampa Bay a few months ago in Tampa on Sunday Night Football. A lot has changed since then. The Bucks have won another Super Bowl. Breeze is about to retire, and the Saints get bounced in the playoffs again in heartbreaking fashion. But Go back to that game. Go back to Tampa's three-game losing streak earlier this year. Brady's under pressure in those games. Brady had 30 pass plays last night. He got pressured four times. Four. Four. Conversely, Mahomes, 56 pass attempts, and you got to throw it a lot when you're playing from down 20-plus or double digits, and it's the third-slash-fourth quarter. 56 pass plays, and he was pressured 29 of those pass plays. More than half of every single pass play last night. And somehow it felt like more. 
You can't win. I don't care who your quarterback is. You can have the most talented quarterback ever. Some think that's Patrick Mahomes, and it won't matter. They scored nine points. Nine. In some of those throws, I mean, you know, hit Tyreek Hill in the face in the end zone. Hit Darrell Williams in the face. But he was pressured 52% of the throws. The 29 pressures on Mahomes, if you didn't guess, is the most of any quarterback in Super Bowl history. Surprised? (laughs) Certainly not. Yeah. Me neither. Me neither. Was there a point? Was there a point last night you just turned the game off? You're like, yeah. Or did you just keep watching because of the commercials? I mean, when the game ended last night, I probably should have gone to bed. I was like, I need something else. Watched an episode of Warrior. It was great. It was great. But you know, Tampa Bay's defense. You know what they did? Steal the show. They did. So we're going to go in. We're going to steal the show. I uh, we'll 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 re, we'll go over a number of aspects of this game again in the eight o'clock hour. One other thing that I haven't hit on yet. We've talked about Brady. We've talked about Mahomes. We've talked about the refs. We've talked about all the spots I was wrong. Talked about the weekend, the best commercial, the streaker. Social media is, is, again, it's a blessing and a curse. If you were on social media last night during the Super Bowl and scrolling through your timeline, you may have come across some, some sleuths, I guess we'll call them, that were pointing out that it appeared Tony Romo may have peed his pants a little. All I know is, like, if you're if you're gonna call the first time when I was a kid, now I've I've called games before, and I, you know, you have breaks and you can you can run to the bathroom, but like I remember the first time when I was a kid, and I was like, it'd be pretty cool to like do that for a living, just call sporting events. I was like five. I think I was watching. I was watching. I think I think it was during the uh, the Bengals Niners Super Bowl. The the. Famous John, Joe Montana. Hey, look, it's John Candy. That one. And I remember, like, looking at my parents. I'm like, I mean, don't they, you think the announcers have to, like, you think they have to go to the bathroom? Like, how do they hold it the whole time? And more or less, it was just like, do you think the players have to go? Like, what do they do if they have to go? Like, I guess you just hold it. Now, I'm, you know, Romo could have run to the bathroom during a break, I suppose. But that's tough to be in the most watched television event of the year, which is the Super Bowl every year. And you got a bunch of, you're, you're trending on social media, not because of the good game you called. And Romo's great, by the way. Even though he does the little, I don't know, Jim. He does that a little too much for my liking. I don't know. Where his voice just briefly starts to just go up like 12 octaves. He'll go right here. Big call, Jim, right here. And then you look at Tyreek Hill. Look at him going on the outside here, Jim. Is this the moment where he has the, I don't know, Jim. A little too much. But whenever you're trending on social because you might have peed your pants, yeah. Maybe, maybe he didn't. Maybe it was something else. 
Maybe we shouldn't care. Maybe I shouldn't even talk about it. You know what? Let's move on. ESPN 1420.com. The two most, speaking of social media, the two most engaging tweets from the last two Super Bowl Sundays, the ones that got the most reaction, the most retweets, the most quote tweets, the most replies, the most likes, actually came from two teams that were not playing in the Super Bowl, but the official account from two different teams. Most engaging tweet from the last two Super Bowls, which is, aside from, uh, you know, an insurrection attempt, the most active time on Twitter of the last 370 days from two former teams. I will give you the details on that. How can that be? Why wouldn't it be a player? Why wouldn't it be something a comedian said? Why would it be for a tweet from a team? And what did they say? What was said? What was put out there? Give you the skinny on that. Plus, quick recap of the weekend in hoops. Some confusion in Jonesboro on Saturday for the Cajuns and the Red Wolves. Cajuns dropped two at Arkansas State. Meanwhile, the Rage of Cajun women's basketball team, they got another sweep, and they are looking to win their ninth straight game, and they are playing it today. Plus, the Pels 2-0 over the weekend. They've won three straight. Biggest reason why, Zion and B.I. improving. Jackson Hayes is on the bench, and the defense named Kyra Lewis is looking good. All of that coming your way. It's the great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN1420.com. I see. Uh huh. Welcome back into the great Scott show. Football season officially over. We're in the thick of basketball season. Softball starts Friday. College baseball starts a week from Friday. Got plenty in store for you coming up. Uh, tomorrow I'll be joined, as I am on Tuesdays, by Bob Marlin and Gary Broadhead and Jay Walker. On Mondays this season, during softball and baseball season, I'll be joined by Jerry Glasgow and Matt Deggs, head coach of Raging Cajun Softball and Baseball. A week from this Wednesday, I will start a weekly hour-long visit every Wednesday at 8 a.m. with associate head coach of the Raging Cajun Baseball team, Anthony Babineau. Really looking forward to that. Got plenty in store for you coming up in uh, in the coming months. You know, I remember a few years ago when the uh, Cajuns were playing baseball in the uh, regionals. And they were playing, uh, gosh, was it Arizona? They were playing Arizona, and Rio... Gomez was a player for Arizona in this uh, in Arizona that year. I think went on and, and they lost in the uh, in the College World Series final. 
But the reason I remember his son playing at the University of Arizona in 2016, 2015, and then being drafted by the Red Sox is his dad was Pedro Gomez, who is a longtime baseball reporter. And Pedro unexpectedly last night passed away at his home. He was 58. Pedro Gomez, longtime ESPN baseball reporter, that guy has been like I, I think of guys on ESPN, the reporters that have done it for so long. And he's one that comes to my mind immediately. And, you know, thoughts and prayers to the family, I mean it. Um the network did not give a reason uh, or cause of death. Uh, that has not been announced yet, but he was great at what he did. Uh, got a chance to, to chat with him when he was in Lafayette years ago, and he was so um, so complimentary of the hospitality and what everybody showed him over at uh, at the Teague that you know that off that that postseason. Just ask him about his son and seeing him just light up with pride. It's very sad. Very sad and um, praying for the Gomez family, no doubt. 51 minutes after the hour. All right, the, the, before we get to the phone lines of 269-1077, the two most engaging tweets from the last two Super Bowls, the ones that had the most response, the most retweets, the most quote tweets, the most likes. <sighs> Last night, the New England Patriots tweeted, congratulations to the greatest of all time. Man. That thing. Yeah, let's just say uh, the responses are what you would expect. Last year, the responses were a little different. But the most engaging tweet on social media the day of the Super Bowl came that night when it was the Eagles account that tweeted, Time's yours, Andy, with a picture of Andy Reid. Not in a Eagles outfit, but wearing his Chiefs gear. Yeah. Congratulatory messages from a former team. Imagine that. Imagine that. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show. All right, let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. I guess 2020 is officially over now. We move on and get out of this year. You there? Oh, yeah, I'm here, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Are you one of the happy ones? Why would I be? I mean, (laughs) I'm not going to uh, let my emotions be completely dictated by a football game last night, but if you're asking me if I'm happy about the outcome of the game, no, I I was not... Uh, rooting for that to happen, no. Well, I mean, I well, I mean, if this is the topic of the day, I mean, you would imagine eventually you talk about the game. I don't. Well, well, Kyle, I only spent the first forty minutes of the show talking about the game, but but yes, go ahead. My, My question, my question is, why did everybody have to roll over and die in Tampa Bay? Jeez, man. You would have figured, you know, it's the playoffs, it's the Super Bowl. You want to come and you want to try to at least put forth your best effort. I've never seen three teams, well, the Saints actually, 
might have actually tried to, you know, they were actually playing the game, I guess, you know, if they could not turn the football over. But as far as Green Bay and Kansas City go, that had to be the two most pathetic efforts by two opponents of a team to win a Super Bowl that I've ever seen. It was just, it was just, and last night, I don't even know how a Kansas City fan this morning, I mean, just go to work. Don't, I mean, you know, I don't think they're dealing with a lot of heartbreak this morning. That team has been playing like they, you know, they've been playing like, hey, we're, we're so much better than everybody else. We get away with anything we want to, anytime we want to, and we don't have to worry because we go out there and put out 50% effort and beat everybody playing 50% effort, and it caught up with them last night. It caught up with them big time. And I just, you know, I, I just think it was an embarrassment. If I, I don't know how in the world Kansas City Chiefs, you know, I wouldn't even got on after the game and even talk to the media if I was a player or a coach for that football team. That was embarrassing. Tampa played a good football game. They went out there and did everything they could to win. But, boy, I tell you what, for a Super Bowl, for a team that was favored in the Super Bowl, Kansas City did about as little to try to win a football game as you possibly could. And just think, if their defense doesn't manage to hold Tampa on that one drive, it would have been worse. Okay, they they stopped Tampa on the one I remind people to keep it from being even worse than what it was. I, I, it, and, and it wasn't like Kansas City. I mean, I don't know how many turnovers they ended up having for the night. I know that uh, Patrick Mahomes threw at least one pick. I guess he threw two interceptions in the night. But, I mean, turnovers wasn't even the cause of that. No, no it, was, it was the line of scrimmage was completely owned by Tampa Bay all night. Oh, it was I, – I don't know where Andy Reid, you know, I guess he just figured he was just going to bring his little circus show out. He just forgot about – I mean, they I completely forgot about the fundamentals of football, which are blocking and tackling, which is where everything starts. And, you know, they made Tampa look like they had the greatest offensive line in the world in the history of football, and I know that they don't. And, you know, I got to say this about Tom Brady. One thing about Tom Brady, not only is he the luckiest guy in the world, but somehow, some way, come playoff time, his team manages to play with 100 IQ points, uh, 100 IQ points higher per player than the other football team. I don't know how it happens. But it seems like any team that Brady's on, that team happens to be just extremely more intelligent than the other team. And it's amazing how much intelligence in football and maturity and not being stupid and thinking about playing the football game means when you're playing an important game. And it's amazing to me how many people that are playing in these games don't ever figure that out. 
I'll let you go, Bubba. Hey, thanks for the call, Kyle. Super Bowl hangover. The last time Mahomes lost the game by double digits. It's been a minute. Give you the details on that. The storylines of the game. You'll hear Mahomes and Brady post game. What they had to say. We'll talk about uh, the various aspects of Super Bowl 55. From Brady to Mahomes to some calls. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott show continues. We're back in two minutes on ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the great Scott show, the great sports callers, open think tank. Super Bowl 55. Done. Gone. In the books. Bucks beat the Chiefs 31-9. We will uh, dig into a number of things again this hour. I'm Scott Prather. Phone lines are open as well at 269-1077 from Brady to Mahomes to some calls to uh, the halftime show, the streaker. Yeah, we're going to cover all of it, plus some um, highlights of uh, the weekend in Cajun Hoops, some confusion in Jonesboro, and the Pels winning too. That's coming later in the hour, but Super Bowl 55 the morning after whether it be the meal, what you ate, what you drank, the halftime show, the best commercial, or, yes, the game itself, which has been the main topic of conversation. Spent the bulk of the first hour hitting on it. We're going to do that again to start off the second hour. The last time Patrick Mahomes lost a game by double digits, well, it was to Iowa State in 2016 when he was at Texas Tech. Now it's 2021, and it happens for the first time since then in the Super Bowl, 31-9 the final. Chiefs went in as a three-point favorite. They come out as a 22-point loser. I think, uh, as Mahomes put it, hadn't been beaten like this. Worst beating I've had in a long time. Before we get to the phone lines, here's a little bit from the Chiefs quarterback. I mean, yeah, I did. I mean, obviously I didn't play the way I wanted to play. Um, but, I mean, I mean, what else can you say? You, all you can do is leave everything you have on the field, and I feel like the guys did that. Um, uh, they were the better team today. Um, they beat us uh, uh, pretty pretty good. Uh, the worst I think I've been beaten in a long time. Um, but I'm, I'm proud of the guys now they fought till the very end of the game. Worst I've been beaten in a long time. I mean, he had some ridiculous throws still last night that his players dropped, but uh... – yeah, not the most entertaining Super Bowl. All right, phone lines are open. Let's head to them here from you guys this morning. We heard from Kyle a few minutes ago. Let's get back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Uh, the loss to Fisher. Uh, the loss to Fisher was major. Um, 
to see Mahomes under the rest for the whole game was was a sight to see. Um, I, wh- why not chip the? Why not throw the ball to your running backs out the flat? Um, why why not align Tariq in the uh, Tariq Hill in the slant? Do something. Run me in the uh, slot. Run some slants. Do something. Sammy Watkins was a no show. Uh, people ooing and owing, ooing and owing when uh, Mahomes was scrambling, 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 and then he threw the ball when he was about to go down, and he almost was able to uh, complete the pass. Receivers dropping passes. Kelsey, like you said, that was a crucial drop. Typical referees. Um, I'm surprised uh, Kevin Harlan might get. I'm a group of people might come at him for his comment. This. It was a terrible game. Um, like I said, Fisher. Um, Eric, 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 I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought up Eric Fisher. I mean, I made reference to it, and I, I, I said going in. I mean, I pointed it out. Said, look, it's going to hurt, but Mahomes <clears> is so good; they'll be able to. I mean, I didn't think that your backup starting left, oh, your backup left tackle was basically just not going to be able to block anyone. Mahomes passed it 56 times last night. He was he was under. Intense pressure 29 times, which is a Super Bowl record, by the way. 29, more than half of the passes. And it's one thing in the second half and in the fourth quarter when you're down by 15 and then 22 and they know you're going to throw it. But it wasn't like that's when the pressure started. It was from the opening drive, just constant. And, you know, I mean, once that happens, I mean, forget about play action, forget about trying to establish a run. It's just they're just they're done. I mean, they're they're toast. And we haven't again, you haven't really you've seen the Chiefs come back from games and last year, folks. Oh, they were down ten in the Super Bowl, but you haven't seen them down that much to a defense like that before. You know, usually they're able to dictate a little bit of the game plan because the game's close enough or they're winning by a lot. And um, the fact that Mahomes hadn't lost the game by double digits ever as a pro until last night, you hadn't seen him in that situation before. Uh, whether it be he had a receiver. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go. I, I, mean, I was just going to point out what you said about the Kelsey drop, which I said last hour. I thought it was the biggest sequence of the game behind the end of the first half. I thought the end of the first half, you know, with with as Terry McLaughlin, a former NFL official, pointed out, two bad calls, two bad PI calls. Um, aside from that, which just change the outcome of the game. Suddenly it's 21-6, not 14-6. When you stop them on fourth and goal from the one, you get the ball back, you get a first down with Tyreek Hill, now it's third down, and you hit Kelsey for what would have been a 16-yard gain in the hands. And he drops it, then you punt it, you have a dumb penalty on the punt, which was the right call, then, okay, it's a great punt. Now, nope, we got to do it again. Suddenly Tampa has the ball at like their own 38. I mean, that right there, it's just... That was the biggest sequence of the game. Does Tampa Bay still win the game if Kelsey catches it? Probably so, just based on how bad Casey's O line is. But they just, as Kyle pointed out, as you pointed out, I mean, Kansas City had a, a bad night to play their worst game of the season. Credit now, to Tampa's defense for that, though. Tariq Hill had over 200 yards receiving in the first quarter of the last game. What? Well, yeah, you know, I'm sure Tampa. I guess they show. Well, of course, of course, they did something different. And Bowles, uh, you have to give uh, Bowles credit. Uh, well, they, what they nice did campaign. was a, was kind of a surprise. I mean, they they did basically a lot of deep cover uh, too. And 
Yeah, uh, and, yeah, and, was, and to yeah, not, was, but that crossed my mind. But but to not have like they weren't saying, let's just double Travis Kelsey and not let him beat us. Like that wasn't the game. The game plan was we don't want to give up any big plays deep, and if we can get pressure on Mahomes, then we'll be able to to get it done. And they did. I mean, Bowles. It wasn't like it was. I don't know. I don't want to say it was overly complicated, but I also don't want to say it was just basic. I mean, it was just the it was the perfect defensive game plan. I, you know, I, I never really talked about the game last week, but I always felt that uh, Hartman could, Hartman can be a um, you know one of those players that can just kind of I'm right now, but one of those players you know uh, underdog type players that can probably contribute with special teams, but of course. The whole team didn't do anything. Uh, hey, another thing too, man. You don't, you don't think it's a coincidence that I, I had to look back uh, to last year inductees, but it seems like every year, man, a, a player who plays for one of the teams in the Super Bowl always get inducted, man. And, la- and yesterday, I, that was John Lynch. Um, I I would have you know, to look played. back too. I mean, obviously, it's it, it's always With the Saints one with Ricky Jackson, right? In and in both cases, it was a guy that had been on the ballot for a while. You know what I mean, and 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 I think, look, I think Ricky deserved to be in the hall for sure. But uh, I'd have to go back and look year to year. But the thought, like you, it crossed my mind when I saw. Oh wait, Lynch is in. I was because like, I thought about Ricky Jackson, but I, I need to go back and look at um, look at each look at each year, especially if it's a team that that that's either it's their first time in the Super Bowl or they haven't been in a while. Um, and you know, I was happy to see Alan Fanta could get in. That guy is just an absolute beast. Lamar Butler was. was- I think he was a better, um, better safety, safety than than uh, Lynch during that era. You know, they both won. They were both, they both won titles. You know, they both they both won uh, titles. They both played with some some of the better the best defensive. They I would say neither was the best defensive player on their team. Doesn't mean they're not right. Hall of Famers, but like they both were. I don't, they were both kind of in the perfect spot for them. Now Butler. Overall impact on the game, I would say it was probably slightly higher than. Not to take away from Lynch, he was a great player. I'm that. Let, let, but you know, but I'm but I think I agree with you. I think Butler had a a a bigger impact on the game at his position week to week than Lynch. So, like I told uh, Norm yesterday, I guess to complete that O2 team, I guess uh, Barbara. Excuse me. Barbara, Barber would be the uh, next inductee. He he was up for it team. this year. I mean, he didn't get in, but he was up for it. Um, and he's pretty. He had a pretty good career, I guess. So, man, I guess so. I don't know. I yeah. mean, the Bucks they um, hadn't been in the playoffs since '07, and then they they go in this year, and everyone talks about. And I'm guilty of it. I, I, I'm I'm not. I won't even use the word guilty. Is the wrong word. The draft is extremely important, but. Man, Tampa Bay just basically said, all right, we're going to add Brady, Fournette, Antonio Brown, Adamic and Sue, JPP, Shaq Barrett. You look at all those free agent additions, and that that Rob Gronkowski, that can work too. And uh, and they just won a Super Bowl by doing that. You know, Everyone talks about Green Bay and the draft and the Saints in the 2017 draft, and that's definitely good. And I think I still think you're better off trying to go the route of – you know, winning with with a few of your best players on rookie deals. I don't know that Tampa Bay is necessarily going to start a new trend, but they kind of yin when everyone else was doing the yang, and it worked for them. And now they have a second Super Bowl. 
Antonio Brown would uh would have touched it down. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Um, I wonder what's gonna happen with him next year. Also, uh, my last point, I can see Minnesota, like the Vikings. Uh, I can see Denver being out. I can see uh, the coach with Denver out. So I guess when Ty Bowles get another opportunity, this time it's gonna be for one or two seasons. All right, thank you. <laughs> you have a good one. Thank you. He brought up um, Bowles and, and Tampa staff. Another thing going in Tampa's favor is they because they won the Super Bowl, because it's this late in the season, they're going to be able to – I mean, is anybody on their staff going to – anyone? Are they going to have their whole staff together? I mean, like at this point, the, the – Coaches have been hired. By the way, there was one reporter last night on a Zoom call, Byron Lefwich, Byron Lefwich, the office coordinator for Tampa Bay, sits down, and the reporter, um, come on, man. This is embarrassing. Going into the game, what was your number one goal on the defensive side to, to shut Mahomes down, shut that high-powered offensive down? What was your guys' number one goal going into that game? We shut Pat Mahomes down. I think you got the wrong guy. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. That was Todd. That was the <laughs> Yeah. The reporter gives the the uncomfortable <laughs> not even knowing that dude. That's not Todd Bo- that is Byron Leftwich. Man, that's rough. That's rough. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. First half last night, Brady looked like vintage Brady. Brady didn't look like that throughout the season, guys, but he, in, in the first half last night, he looked like vintage Brady. And, you know, to go. I mean, he, he off. They got the run game going early. Credit to Ronald Jones. Credit to credit to Leonard Fournette, and that set up play action. And Brady was ten to thirteen off of play action for one hundred and thirty-five yards and three touchdowns. And Brady, in the first half, just I mean, he was he had a clean pocket. He was only under pressure four times on thirty dropbacks. It's like, where was that all season? And Gronk, too. What well, was there last night? The guy now has more Super Bowl titles than any franchise in the league. He has more Super Bowl titles than 18 teams combined. Devin White was awesome. Tampa Bay's defense was awesome. But Devin White, you know, he should have been the MVP. Yeah. It, it, give it to Brady. I mean, I'm not, come on. Let's not get carried away. Mahomes had no time. He had great throws. He had key drops. Um, They missed Derek Fisher. The refs had a bad quarter. The second quarter was really bad. 90 penalty yards on Kansas City. Most by a team against one team in a quarter in the history of the Super Bowl. The two PI calls in the final drive. Terry McLaughlin, former NFL head referee, 
saying, yeah, both of the calls were wrong, but God forbid you point that out. Everyone's going to say, oh, you're just saying it's rigged. You're bitter. I'm just, just pointing out what everyone else did. Tyron Matthew on sportsmanlike conduct, but not an offsetting one against Brady as well, who was up in his face. Yeah, come on. I was wrong about the Bucks Coming into the season, I said they'd be a playoff team, but they wouldn't be a Super Bowl contender. I said Brady would be good, but not elite. And actually, the season he wasn't. He was good. He was not elite. They were good, but they got into the playoffs, and man, was last night, I was wrong. Because he was elite, the Bucs were, and they won another Super Bowl. Will that change how teams operate? Will they go more, hey, just all chips on the table, bring in the free agents, try to make it work? I don't know. I think, I think, I think, actually, I, yeah, the answer is yes. NFL's a copycat league. There will be some franchises that absolutely try to copycat what Tampa Bay did and likely fail at it, but they'll try nonetheless. 269-1077. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. How are you doing today? Good morning. Good morning. I pretty much agree. I think what everything you mentioned about the the, uh, the game, uh, I think they missed their offensive tackles. I'm I'm not too sure as far as the offensive scheme. I think Reed should maybe, you know, a little bit more criticizing than him. Um, as far as, but one thing I think everybody forget that I know that a lot of Tom Brady haters, uh, I'm a Dolphin fan, so I've seen him crush us for years. Um, but he, I think he was efficient. I think that's the best term I would use for him this year. And when he had the opportunity, he, you know, he capitalized and finished the games off. But as much as you got, as much as everybody hits Tom Brady, I, I think I was getting sick of the Mahomes. Uh, stuff because everybody's predicting the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl in the next ten years. Uh, so I was kind of in a way kind of you know that's with look uh, with respect that's an exaggeration. I mean, how many people yeah, do know. you know that are like the Chiefs are winning the next ten Super Bowls? Now, if he's healthy, no, no, but they, they, I think they, they, everyone they, says they'll be in the mix, they'll be a contender, and yeah, I don't necessarily yeah. think they're they're wrong for that. But but no, yeah, the, well, the Mahomes. I, I, think, I mean it. it he didn't play his best game, but he also, I think, I don't think it's, I, I don't think pointing out how how badly the O-line played last night is out of line, do you? No, that's what I'm saying. I agree with you in every, uh, most aspects. I was just saying the story of the media portraying the Chiefs, and not necessarily Mahomes, I was just saying that uh, as far as that the Chiefs are going to be the team to beat for the next a lot of them, serious, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. I was slightly exaggerating as far as ten, but you know, and I know that it's hard to come dynasties in the NFL. Oh yeah, because of the salary cap and everything. Two or three years down the road, look at the Chiefs right now. Are they will they be a powerhouse in the next couple of years? Yes, but once Kelsey and it's not easy to replace these guys. Uh, you just don't pick them out, you know, in a draft every year. Uh, I think you know it's kind of a perfect storm. Very good. Offensive schemes in general, uh, you got a stud tight end. Receivers, they seem like they hit a lot of stuff over the last four or five, six years as far as the draft picks go. And I'm not a hit Kansas City or Mahomes hater. I just think that, uh, in a way, I've got to kind of slow down the train. There's nothing guaranteed in this life. Just like the, I don't do, I don't see the demise of the Saints, uh, even if Drew Reeves was, I don't see them going to, a lot of people talking about five or six wins. They'll still be in the hunt. I, I, um, I guess it all—it's all really semantics, right? Like, what is your what is your yeah. definition of contention? Like, it is to your point. Like the my the, point, the, the my, seven. My point no, would be, uh, go ahead, go ahead and finish. I, I'm no, not, my, my, uh, no, like I said, 
my my Buckeyes are contention, not contention, but if I was going to say a Super Bowl, uh, you know, uh, for six, seven, you know, every year, uh, if you're talking about somebody, I'm talking about like you know a top three. I, I just my my pretty much what I was saying. I guess the whole thing was let's slow down the train on the Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes um, this year. I don't know if it's tired of the runs in the last couple of years in the playoffs because sometimes that does take a toll on you, I believe. Um, if you look them through the year, they weren't, to me, maybe it was just my opinion, they seemed much more beatable this year. There was games where um, I don't think it's that they turned it on or turned it off. I, I, in the NFL, like you and you put out, start getting film on you. I've seen uh, they seemed like they schemed better against the Kansas City's offense. Uh, hell, I'm a Dolphins fan, and, and they – they would take the back out of the game. They literally took the back when Kansas City played him out, and it gave him trouble. He did throw some interceptions when he forced passes in, and he's an unbelievable talent. But, uh, again, I, I, this freight train with five or six years, like I think they're the, I, if I'm not mistaken, they're already the favorite for next year for the sure. end of, uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, they got the yeah. best betting odds. Um, but, like, that's like, like it, to me, it's about I, – I agree with some of your point. I agree with your point yeah. that – this idea that they're going to win a bunch of rings is is overstated because, as we've seen, Brady is not the norm. He is clearly the outlier. He He's won seven. You look at how great uh, Russell Wilson is, Aaron Rodgers is, Drew Brees was. Each of those guys won one. Like I think a lot of folks would tell you, look, Green Bay has been a, a legit contender for really the better part of the last decade plus, and they've been in the playoffs – 09, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. Then they had a two-year stretch where they didn't, but they were still good. Then you had 2019, then you had 2020, and they were in a conference championship game, you know, the last three times they've been in the playoffs, four of the last five times they've been in the playoffs, yet they've only gotten to the Super Bowl once, and they've only won it once. So the, I guess... The perception around them is different. The judgment is different. Now, you go back to how everybody was looking at, at Mahomes and Green Bay after they won in 2010, and then after they made it to the playoffs the next two years. And I think everyone's like, look, with that guy, you're always going to be in it, right? Like, that was the that was the thought process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so it's like yeah, Kansas yeah. City's, they've got this elite talent, but they're early in the process. And I think they will, I think it's worth saying, look, they're going to be, a contender, probably the favorite in the AFC for a long time with him at quarterback, but that never that, that doesn't translate into you're winning the Super Bowl. And I think the Packers on the NFC side of things are a clear example of that, right? Yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, I agree on a, a lot of the stuff that you're saying. I just like, like I, I personally believed maybe I, I was getting tired of a, you know how some people get tired of hearing about Tom Brady. Mine was like, man, slow down on the Chiefs. Sure. Yes, they have Mahomes. You know, he's a stud back there, but this, it's so tough in this league to repeat. First, just to get to a back-to-back Super Bowl, that was a great accomplishment. And they could have been the three of them. But I, I, I just, it seems, you know, it just, it's hard. It's I mean, hard to win cap, the Super Bowl, man, which is why it's, it's absurd hard, that it's Brady has won seven. It's just, it's absurd. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, but uh, like I said, uh, as far as like Tom Brady, I've seen him beat us plenty of times, and he never. And it's funny about it; he doesn't look like a great athlete. He does. Hey, but whatever he's got, he's got. You know, he's got. He doesn't do anything special, but he just puts a dagger in you. 
uh, especially in the, it seems like when he when they get the ball and he's got a chance to close things out as far as you know when you short fields whatever which is all part of football and is all part of a unit um, he, he he capitalized on yep. it this year. Yeah, appreciate the call, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Love that perspective. Thanks for the call. Phone lines are open, 269-1077. Love talking balls. Let's head back to the phone lines. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. How you doing, sir? I'm good, sir. How are you? Okay, Scott, one one thing I'm going to just by saying that I listened to you when you was with Jay, and I always believe in your honesty, your honesty and your veracity when it comes to something. You don't sugarcoat it. I love that. But, Scott, I just want to ask you this, and I want your opinion. No matter what people say, perception, think, whenever you win, Scott, you don't have to explain anything to anybody. Now, when you lose, you got a bunch of reporters saying, well, what happened? Mm -hmm. My point is, it's not arrogance. It's not a perception. It's a fact. The man went to 10 Super Bowls and won as a team. Now, understand, football is harder to do it in football, I understand that. But let's just put this in perspective, and I'm going to let you go because I don't want to lie by the phone. The fact that he was able to go there 10 times is incredible. The fact that he won seven makes it phenomenal. So as far as I'm concerned, they got this other radio station, well, I will not name, want to call him the Yucks. He can call him whatever you want to call him. As far as I'm concerned, they got more Super Bowl than New Orleans, and I'm not begrudging that. But the point is, give the man his due. He's the winner, simply put. Have a good day, Scott. Thank you. You can analyze things about all-time greats. You can say, well, Peyton Manning, who went into the Hall of Fame, shocker, or will be, part of the 2021 class. Well, he played in a dome most of his career, and that helped him. Say the same thing about Breeze. You can point out things about Brady and the AFC East and all this other stuff. You can nitpick any all-time great. But that's all you're really doing is nitpicking. I mean, that guy's won more Super Bowls than any franchise in the league. He's won more Super Bowls than 18 teams in the league combined. So, yeah. And, and yeah, when you win, you don't have to answer the questions about the mistake here or the mistake there. I mean, you do, but nobody's going to remember it. But when you lose, oof. yeah. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com. And the ESPN 1420 app. Not too many people were happy this morning. Let me try to put, let me, let me at least, I, I, I found this, I've, this put a smile on my face. So maybe it'll put a smile on your face. You didn't hear it last hour. You can hear it now. The Super Bowl had a good halftime show. Some memorable commercials. MVP is a quarterback. It had some things that were memorable, will be memorable. It also had a streaker. Now, a lot of streakers, you've, you've had them over the years. You might not remember them. Not the first time you've had a streaker in the Super Bowl. 
You actually remember any streaker off the top of your head? Do you remember one right now? No? So you might not remember this one, but you should remember this call. See, it's different on TV. They don't want to shine a light on it because typically a streaker is not just some drunk that, in a Super Bowl anyway, is not just some drunk that wants to go out and, you know, wear their birthday suit in front of the world. It actually is usually someone that is promoting something. They're being paid to do it. So, yeah, he'll he'll get tackled. He'll have some bruises. He'll, out. he'll go to court. He'll do some community service. Everyone will forget about him. And then he'll get a nice paycheck from someone. In this case, it was apparently a, an X-rated website. Wearing a one-piece neon pink mankini and black shorts. Didn't you even call him a streaker? It sounded like he was uh, completely naked. I mean, his shorts came down a little bit. Kevin Harlan, Westwood One Radio Network on the radio call. Before we head to a break, let's 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 give it a listen. Second down, twenty five oh three to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a bra. He's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the forty. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's been- he breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? And Kevin, if you're going to run that far, get into the end zone. Don't slide at the one. You got to score once you got on the field. Get into the end zone, my man. Lord, now they're cuffing him. But pull up his drawers, whatever you do. 5.03 to go, timeout on the field. Kevin and Kenny Harlan are the best broadcast brothers in the business. That was Kevin and uh, Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer, on the Westwood One Sports radio call of the Super Bowl. All right, let's head back to the phone lines. He was on last hour. He's been on hold. He's back again. Kyle on line one with us. Good morning, Kyle. Well, before I start my second call, because I I have a happy thought, but I might as well get all the rants out first. But uh, uh, before I even start that rant, I just wonder who in the hell would pay $1,000 for a ticket or more whatever they paid for a Super Bowl ticket, just so they could go street in the Super Bowl. Like I said, it's, it's, it was, a, it, according to the New York Post, the streaker was planted by the operators of an X-rated website. So uh, a company that wants to get some free publicity or hope to get some free publicity would gladly buy a ticket, have a streaker, and think, man, we're going to get these stories out there the day after. People will be talking about it. So in the end... Uh-oh. You know, this old jabroni doesn't care if he serves a little hard time. We'll just give him a thousand. Okay. So, well, you're paying for a Super Bowl ticket, and you're you're paying to bail somebody out of jail or whatever you're paying for. That's still, to me, that's not free. But anyway, uh, it's, a lot, so, it's a lot cheaper than a commercial, which you know damn well the yeah. Super Bowl and CBS okay. ain't gonna sell commercial time to an uh, adult website. Put it that way. Yeah. So anyway, uh, look back to your previous caller, the one that called up, you know, with the Tom Brady worship. Yes, let's just worship Tom Brady. 
Let, look, Tom Brady's bigger than the game. We should disband the game of football now because we know that there will never be anybody who's the great Tom Brady. So let's just disband the game or let's rename the game from football to Brady ball. I mean, it, that, that's what we need to do, okay? One guy in, in a game where, where the game is the ultimate it's the it's the ultimate humiliator. Okay, nothing. I don't know if you can be humiliated in any sport as badly as you can be humiliated in football if you don't come to play. And in the ultimate game, that is the ultimate humiliator. We have one God above all others. Amen. Forever and ever. Let's just give him the crown and let's just shut the whole game down because we know it'll never be as good as it is now because whenever he or whenever he leaves, I guess he's going to go play and get one more Super Bowl or try to get one more Super Bowl ring for as well. He's got seven, so or, you know, have one more Super Bowl crown for his toe, whatever. Who cares? Bottom line is nobody, nobody, nobody. Nobody has the right to even play in 10 Super Bowls, win seven Super Bowls. I don't care who they are. I don't care how great they are. It doesn't matter. They don't do And that's Kyle, are you, are you, are you, are you, um, are you, are you hungover? No, I'm not hungover. I was just, you kidding me? They couldn't, I couldn't have, I couldn't have, first of all, you know, I don't. I mean, it sounds like you probably drink wanted to about. drink your 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 pain away. I mean, this is this is affecting uh, you deeply. No, it was it, no. I've learned how to live with the pain. I've learned how to nurse the pain. I don't know. Just go along. The pain is oh, an indicator know. that I'm still alive, Scott. I'm at that I, age. Okay. Uh, be grateful and, for the pain because it, it shows you're still alive. Is that what you're going? Hey, with? I did have a happy thought though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna tell you what it is. Let me tell you what it is real quick because I know you don't want to hear me call again. I'm nervous. Blah blah and again. Bottom line right. is, I had an epiphany last night, Scott. Oh God. And and I don't ask me how. Don't ask me why I'm saying it or how I know it. But the same exact feeling I had in 2009 hit me in that game. I had no reason to have it. But it's like I could something I could feel something making Sean Payton wake up and the light go off for Sean Payton, and it hit me. The Saints are going to win next year's Super Bowl, <laughs> and you know I don't say that. No, you say no, all I kind don't. of things, Kyle that uh, that no, are that no, are no, no, out no, no, there, no, brother. No, no. Yeah, In you 2009, do. Two thousand and nine, we had this argument when you had just started with the station. I'd been here okay. five years. Yeah, no, in 2009, we had this argument. I never said anything about the Super Bowl. I never said anything about the Super Bowl. I'm just Bowl saying, you say some things. You say a lot of things that don't come true, is my point. I mean, I'm just, it's all. What? You, you no, said no, a lot no, of no, things no, on no, here no. that don't come true. No, 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 no. Yes. No, you, 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 no you, that's you, true. You need, to, you need to get you a marker in 20 years or whatever, 10 years since you've known me. Mark down all the things that you can remember that I've said that aren't true. Boy. And then mark down all the or didn't come true and all the ones that I've said that did come true. All I'm just telling you is, okay, since 2018, okay, I just knew they were going to win in 2018. Yeah. But I had an epiphany. The Saints are going to win the Super Bowl next year. I don't know how. I don't know why. 
I don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. And do I have a real legitimate common sense reason for saying it? Hell Ab- no, I don't. A- absolutely not. Okay? Absolutely not. You're hurting okay? me. But I'm telling you, I don't know how or why, but the Saints are going to win the next year. Right, and I'm going with that. Right. I'm, I'm going to go with that. Okay. Because if anybody would have told me that Tom Brady was going to come to Tampa Bay this year and that they were going to win the Super Bowl this year, well, naturally, when it happened, I laughed about it. I thought they were crazy out of their minds. And, you know, look what happened. So, stranger things happen. All right? <laughs> you are Wait, crazy out of your mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kyle coming in trying to steal a show. ESPN 1420.com. Sure. Memorable, sure. Sure. 37 after the hour of 8 o'clock. ESPN 1420.com. Tom. Seven rings. Yeah. Appreciated press. Hey, Tom, congratulations. Obviously, every one of these is very special for you. What is it about winning this one in Tampa, first team to play a home game, Gronk being here with you for the ride, that makes it so much more special? Well, I think they're all special, and they're all uh, – it's been an amazing year, amazing year. We got to a good start, 7-2, and two, and then had a little rough stretch where we kind of found our identity and um, played a lot better football down last December, January, and um, just really proud of all the guys, proud of all the uh, coaches. The effort we put in, um, we knew we were playing a great football team tonight, and we got the job done. So you want to get this far, you got to get the job done, and we did it. We'll go over to Mike Jones with USA Today. Tom uh, Leonard with Sandy. Late night, you will send them texts and try to help them believe that you guys could win. Why was that important, and what were some of the messages that you were sending to your guys? I think everybody, you know, believed we could win. So, that, you know, I think through the last, uh, you know, really all year we believed in ourselves. Our coaches believed in us. We believed in ourselves, and um, again, we were going up against a great team tonight and just happy we got the job done. We will go over to Rick Stroud. A lot of new teammates, but one of your own ones, uh, you know, Rob Gronkowski, even uh, Antonio Brown did some nice things for you today. Can you talk about what it means to to share that again with those guys? Yeah, it's just uh, great to see them, you know, big-time players making big-time plays. So just love what they did, what they added to the team. Um you know, Gronk's an unbelievable player, teammate, talent, uh, work ethic, commitment. And A.B. is just, since he got here, he's just done everything the right way. So, ESPN 1420.com. Tom Brady now with seven rings, more than any franchise in the NFL. More than 18 combined teams. And uh, deserves the praise he's getting, despite Kyle's Um, uh, how do I put it here? Despite his hyperbole, uh, obviously, you know, we don't need to go that far, but yeah. Yeah. You don't have to like it, but you should respect it, right? Said to the phone lines, two six up. Caller just, uh, jumped off there. Phone lines are open. Two six nine ten seventy seven. Super Bowl 50 odds are up. 
The uh, favorite uh, with the odds are the Chiefs at plus 600. The Packers are at plus 900. And the Bucks are plus 1,000. The Ravens, Bills, and Rams are all plus 1,200. Steelers plus 3,000 seems a little low. Um, you know, if you, I mean, the Chargers, the Colts, they got now than the Steelers. Cowboys are plus 3,000. Their fans will bet a whole lot of money and convince themselves that a healthy Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and adding Tony Pollard and all these things will be great. And they'll be a contender once again next year. And they'll all bet their money and they'll all lose it. Mike McCarthy is their head coach. Come on. Come on. Their fan base every year. We're going to win it. No, you're not. Saints aren't winning the Super Bowl next year either. Sorry, Kyle. I'm sorry. Your epiphany, it ain't coming true. It ain't coming true. 42 after the hour. When we come back, best commercial of the night to me was one obvious choice because it was very personal to me. I'll tell you about that. Clear up some confusion in Jonesboro over the weekend. A lot of confusion about what went down at halftime between the Cajuns and the Red Wolves. Coach Broadhead and his crew, the women's basketball team, going for their ninth straight win today. Hell's had a good weekend. Great weekend. And more thoughts from Super Bowl 55. ESPN1420.com. It's the great Scott show. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Tomorrow, we'll visit with Rage Cajun women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead, his team, another sweep over the weekend. Got it done on defense Friday. Got some more scoring on Saturday. They have won, what, eight in a row? They look to make it nine straight today. We'll have that game on the airwaves for you at uh, 4 o'clock, 345 pregame as they host UTA. That is part one game that they're making up from a two-game series that was canceled earlier this this season due to COVID. The men, well, talk about COVID-19. They um, they dropped the pair in Jonesboro over the weekend. And uh, halftime of the game on Saturday, Jay Walker said on the air that the player for UL had tested positive and uh, they were not sure if the game would continue. Then it continued, and then everyone was like, wait a minute. How's the game continuing if a player tested positive? Well, he had gotten bad information from the Sports Information Department at Arkansas State who told him that. Turns out a player did not test positive. A player began to show some symptoms, so to be extra cautious, they did rapid tests for him, and others came back negative. Second half, Cajuns made a comeback but came up short, lost by six. So, no, no player tested positive. There was some confusion when it all went down, and there was a delay, but all the proper protocols were uh, were handled. 
ULM versus UL this upcoming uh, Thursday. Double header, women at three, minutes seven, and they'll play against Saturday. Cajun softball starts Friday. All right. Emails. Troy emails. The title is called Kyle is Horrible. <laughs> if it's one or two Super Bowls, yes, maybe it's lucky. This is Troy's words. If it's seven Super Bowls, sorry, it's not luck anymore. Everyone around here, everyone around here. Yes, everyone wants to say Casey lost instead of Brady as the GOAT and the best ever, and that's why Tampa won the Super Bowl. Saints fans are haters, man. See, see, Troy somehow makes it about the Saints because he's obsessed with the Saints. Um, I don't know what everyone around here is referencing to. Certainly, it's Kyle does not represent everyone. Um, Brady was a big reason when they, when they won the Super Bowl. Um, he is not why Tampa won the Super Bowl. He's not the only reason. And, yes, he is the best ever. Guy's got seven Super Bowls, but that wasn't even going to change if he had lost last night in terms of being the best quarterback ever. Thanks for the email, Troy. Jack emails. Hey, Scott, I blacked out at halftime, kind of like the weekend. Can you tell me what happened in the second half? Jack, uh, no, but you can read all about it. I don't have time to tell you what happened in the second half. Hope you're feeling better. Work that hangover off on a Monday. And no, the Monday after the Super Bowl shouldn't be a national holiday. Y'all need to just get that out of your mind. In fact, you know who doesn't want that? It's probably the Super Bowl. They like the idea of Sunday, Sunday night, the highest rated night of television throughout the year. A big reason why is there's no work on Monday, so no. Even the NFL doesn't want a national holiday. But, Jack, I hope uh, I hope you start feeling better, man. Hope that hangover wears off. Commercials. To me, hands down, the best commercial of the night was the Toyota adoption commercial about Jessica Long, the gold medalist Paralympian. Now, the visual of it is her swimming through different stages of life and, and and things that led, I say different stages of life, what led to her adoption. Now, I don't, I, I, I don't cry a lot. Despite you guys joking, you know, Scott cries after, you know, the Pels blow a game or whatever, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's fun in games. But in terms of actual crying, I mean, if I got to put one of my dogs down or it's a loss of a loved one, something like that. Yeah, I'm going to cry, but I'm not dig for meal. Okay. I'm not, I'm not crying. at just the, the Anything. I mean, Dick Vermeil, Kurt Warner told a story that Dick Vermeil, the, the, when he knew that, that, that Vermeil was just going to cry all the time, is when they when he announced that they were going to have to cut a fourth string tight end, a guy that no one in camp even knew and no one expected to make the team, but he'd done everything right and Dick just couldn't handle it. And he said he also loved that about Vermeil. I mean, I, I kind of love that about Vermeil. I almost cried last night when this thing was on. I mean, I... It was great. Mrs. Long? Yes? We've found a baby girl for your adoption, but there are some things you need to know. She's in Siberia, and she was born with a rare condition. Her legs will need to be amputated. I know this is difficult to hear. Her life 
You know, I, I love that commercial. I'm very pro-adoption. My dad was adopted. Uh, my dad has polio. My dad loves to swim. He swims a ton. My son loves to swim. My dad taught me to swim at a young age. But a pro-adoption commercial during the Super Bowl about a Paralympian and someone that's overcome great odds, and it shows the journey in only one minute of time and the different stages of life and the adoption process, and it was great. I mean, I've never been more moved than I was watching that Toyota ad in terms of watching a commercial. Man, it was great. It was absolutely great. It was special and, uh, to me, best commercial of the night. There were some other good ones. There were ones that made me laugh, but that's 1420.com. Coming up next, Steve Peliquin. Beyond the game. He's coming. Then we've got National ESPN Radio. We've got Brad Top at two. We've got Norman Lynn locked in at three. And then at 345, we got pregame four o'clock tip off for Educator Women's Basketball as they look to make it not a row. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. That's it for me. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Gary Broadhead, Bob Marlin, Jay Walker, a little TTT. That's all coming your way tomorrow on the Great Scott Show. Don't miss it. Have a great Monday, everybody. If you're working on that hangover, just keep drinking a lot of water. Make sure you ate a good breakfast. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. It's ESPN1420 and .com.